Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. I want to talk to you this morning about focus. You know, focus is a really interesting uh, thing. Sometimes I feel like I can, uh, man, I can just hyper focus. I can lock in on something and I can push everything else aside and I don't see anything else I don't hear anything else I don't think about anything else and I can stay locked in like that for a long time on something uh, like a ball game no it's kidding <laughs> although that is one of the things but uh, some of you, you can relate to that right and then sometimes I feel the opposite sometimes I'm trying to do something, and everything I hear, or there's this thing, or I get distracted, or I think about something else, and then I turn and go full with that, and you know, and you just feel like you're, you know, all over the place. I'm sure that you can relate to both of those things, and I know some of you lean more one way, some of you lean more the other way, but, but you know, it's easy to lose focus, right? I wish I could focus in more. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it, but at the same time, uh, there are times I get frustrated with myself because, you know, I lose track of what I'm doing or I, you know, I get off and, you know, and I've got to go back to that thing because I started doing this or somebody said something or whatever. And, you, and I'm sure you're the same way. It's easy, though, when we lose our focus on something, uh, we, we can forget why we're even doing what we're doing. We can, we can forget the whole thing. So I just mentioned to you that uh, we're having this, uh, this prayer thing. And uh, we, we're, again, it's one of the pastors had a vision for it to become this bigger event. So we're doing that. So when we met yesterday, uh, the main pastor who's leading the organizational part of it is the pastor from Lake Elam. He's a great guy, Lake Elam Baptist Church. And uh, he uh, said, I, I mean, at least 10 times in the meeting yesterday, he said, let's not forget the main purpose of our event is to pray for the school and the students and the teachers. And then a little bit later, let's not forget that the main purpose of the event is to pray for the... And then a little bit later, let's not forget that the main purpose... Now, why was he having to repeat that over and over again? I'll tell you why. Because there are bouncy houses and hot dogs. That's why. And there are all kinds of logistics. You know? There's a sound system, and there's, you know, handing out these little tickets so there are school supplies and there's all this like there's all these moving parts all this stuff and there's the program and who's going to say what first and what's going to happen all these things right so let's not forget that the main reason we're doing this is to pray you know how easy it is to forget the main thing y'all are asking me all the time a, a fellow dad uh, said to me this morning before church before the first service hey the wedding coming up, you know. How you feeling about all that? I said, I'm feeling pretty good, you know, I'm good, you know. And uh, he was talking to me about it. And uh, 
I, I do a lot of weddings. I officiate a lot of weddings. So definitely not unfamiliar with the wedding uh, uh, thing, you know. I'm, I'm at several weddings uh, all year long. And, um, but it is very easy for the people involved in the wedding and the planning of the wedding and all those things to forget the main purpose of the wedding. It's easy. Why? Why? Because there's food and flowers and photography and, you know, wow, I could make a sermon. I was food, flowers, photography, kick, you know, family. Uh, uh, so we, there's all these things. And so that's what happens in life. There's all these things, right? There's all this stuff. Now, what we've been doing is we've been talking about passing the faith. Passing the baton, if you will. Because we are in the process of planting a church. It's July. This is happening for real in August. Like, it's right here on top of us, all right? And what we've talked about is it's a strain on the resources of both groups, right? Birthing is painful. So I've heard. Uh, birthing is painful. And so at the beginning, you're draining your resources. They don't have enough resources, and so it's a strain, right? Until they get their feet under them and get going, and that takes time. And, the, and so that's what we're doing, all right? And, and in the process of that, we want to do it really, really well. We want to do it the right way and do the right thing, all right? So... What we've been doing over the past couple of weeks and we're going to do for the month of July is we're, we're literally handing off. There's, there's a book of the Bible, 2 Timothy, where Paul is writing to Timothy, an older preacher, writing to a younger preacher, and he's saying, I have been put in jail because of preaching the gospel. I don't want you to get discouraged by my situation. I want you to keep going and do it well and do what you've been called to do. And that's what the letter of 2 Timothy is about. And as I read it, I was like, this is a perfect letter for like if I was writing it to Patrick as he goes and pastors this church. And as I looked at it, I said, this is a great message for all of us about what the path is that we should be on. The first week we talked about the calling. We talked about how God calls us to follow a person, Jesus Christ. We're followers of Jesus Christ. And we follow him down a pathway that he directs to a purpose that is God's purpose. That's what we're doing. Last week we talked about the people in the church. And I challenged him to find the right people and I challenged you to be the right people. Today we're going to talk about focus. We're going to talk about the mission and the focus of why we're doing what we're doing. See, all of you, you have stuff you're doing, right? You go to school, you're going to work, you've got stuff you've got to do, you've got things you want to do, and, and we, we have, though, beyond that, doing my job, taking care of my family, taking care of my stuff, beyond that, there's, there's a mission that I'm a path that I'm on for the Lord that he's called me to do, his purpose. How do I stay on that? How do I stay focused on that 
and not get distracted by all the other stuff. So that's Paul's message to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And you can see it right away in verse 4. I'm just going to read half the verse to you. Verse 4, and we'll look at some other scriptures then. But verse 4 says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. He says, Timothy, you know how a soldier is. A soldier has a a military uh, pursuit. He has a job to do. And he has a commanding officer, and he has fellow soldiers, and they don't get involved in civilian stuff. They don't get involved in that stuff over there. He doesn't say, uh, Captain, I've got, you know, I need to go, you know, whatever. I can't fight today. i got to get my oil changed. You know, <laughs> that's not what happens, right? He, he says he just does. He tries to please and obey his commanding officer. That's what a soldier does. And he's trying to tell Timothy, Timothy, that's what we're like. We're, we, are, we are followers of Jesus Christ. And it's very easy for us to forget what we're doing, why we're doing it, and we get so far off track. So there's really three questions I, wanna, I want you to ask of yourself today. And the first question, the question I want Patrick to ask about church and his church, village church, is what is the mission Do you know what the mission is? There's a story about Jesus Christ. He was 12 years old. His family went to the temple to do... They went every year. They gave an offering every year. They would go every year on this trip and go to Jerusalem. And this year, he got separated from his family. And they lost him for a couple days. They were panicking. When they found him, he was in the temple. He was at the temple grounds. He was teaching these older men. He was 12. He's teaching them, right? And so they question him. They're frustrated. You know, uh, you know how parents are. They go like, you know, I don't want you to be dead when I find you, but when I find you, I'm going to kill you. You know, that's what parents, you know. And so they found him, and they're like, what were you doing? And he said, you remember? He said, didn't you know I would be doing my father's business? That's what he said. Didn't you know I'd be doing God's business? Didn't you know I'd be on mission? That's what I would be doing. And so you need to know what the mission is and follow the mission and figure out what the mission is. So I'm just going to tell you, like we all have goals, like we all have things that we want to uh, accomplish. You know, what's your mission for the wedding, Jim? Survival, okay? Uh, right? What? What is your mission? What's your goal? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? What are you trying to get through? Like, what are you trying to do? I mean, a lot of you, you start tomorrow, your mission is to make it to Friday, right? That's what you're trying to do. I just want to make it to Friday and then, you know, uh, try to enjoy the weekend and then we start all over. Like, whatever it might be. Like, uh, but what is the mission? So I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, Paul tells Timothy in this passage, look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. He says, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Always remember, let me repeat that. Always remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. If you want to remember something, let me make sure that you understand there's one thing that's more important than anything else. Jesus Christ 
died for our sins, and he was resurrected. He was raised from the dead. That's the good news. He died for our sins, and he was resurrected. He then says, this is the good news I preach. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering, and I have been chained like a criminal. And then I love the next phrase. But the word of God cannot be chained. I can be chained, but the word of God cannot be chained. He said, Timothy, don't ever forget the mission. The mission is that Jesus Christ came and he died for our sins. And we are sinners and we need forgiveness for our sins. We need to be made right with God. We have a problem, and He is the solution. God sent Him to be our solution. He died for our sins. He conquered death and sin by being raised back to life. This is the good news, that He died for every one of you. That's the mission. Don't forget the mission. And He says, so, I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. If it will bring salvation to people, if it will bring glory to Christ in their lives, I am all about the gospel. He said, he said Timothy, don't forget the mission. It's as if that, like that meeting I was in yesterday, it's two hours long, we're planning all this stuff. Don't forget, the mission of this event is to pray. Don't forget, <clears throat> you can forget the mission, right? We were just talking about, have you ever walked into like a fast food restaurant or something like that? And they treated you as if you were an inconvenience. You ever had that experience? I'm sure you have. All right, you walked in and they act like, oh, here's a customer, you know. I think they've forgotten the mission. Your mission is not to show up to work and get your work done. Your mission is to feed that customer who's coming in. When they come in, you get to do your mission. If you're reacting a different way, you've forgotten the mission. Y'all with me? I'm just telling you, it is so easy for you to forget the mission. And let me remind you of something. There is a mission for the organization that you work for. There's a mission for the organization you work for. There's a mission, there's a reason. If you're not in a, on a job yet, you're in school or something like that. There's a mission. But remember what we talked about two weeks ago? God has a mission for you. God has a purpose for your life. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. And the reason you're where you are in your life, the reason why you're working where you're working, the reason you live where you live, if you believe all of that is just chance, that's a foolish belief. God has a purpose for your life. And He has put you where you are. And He has a purpose for you and the purpose might be standing right next to you or sitting right next to you or living across the road from you. There is someone who the, he loves and he wants them to know that he came and died for their sins so that they can have life. 
That's why he came, and that's why you're there. Don't forget the mission. You need to know what the Father's business is so that in your life, when you, you, you want to change your work environment, you want to change school, you want to change your situation, know why you're there. Realize the mission Jesus has for you in your life as you follow him. Realize what's going on. I think I told you the story before one time, but like I had a series of time where my, my car, we, we had car problems. Like right in a row, just boom, 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 boom. At the end of about the fifth car repair, the mechanic got saved. He was a great guy. He just did some side stuff. He called me. He's like, he came and he, he actually came down to the church the last time and met me out in the parking lot and was fooling with my car. And we're sitting out there fooling with the car. And finally, after like five problems, and I said, he said, I'm ready to follow, you know, to do the right thing, to make the right choice, to follow God. And I said, like, I'm excited for you, but I really have an issue why God made me pay all this money for you to get saved. Been kind of like a, you know, doesn't matter. You know how it is. God, like, you're on a mission. We lose track of the mission. When you realize your own mission for God and you're doing the Father's business, when you are following Jesus Christ down a path that He directs for His purpose, it changes everything that's happening in your life. But we lose focus. Like I remind you today, but 2 o'clock tomorrow you'll forget. That's what happens. Because we got all this other stuff going on. And stuff breaks, something happens, whatever, right? So Paul says to Timothy, don't forget the mission. What's the mission? Second thing. Now that you know that you're on mission, you've got to realize in the mission what's important and what's not important. What is crucial to the mission? Okay? Like now I'm on mission, what is crucial to the mission, what is not? So look at verse 14, it's a great verse of scripture. He says, remind everyone about these things. So he tells Timothy, remind everyone about these things. So I'm going to remind you. He said, command them, in, remind them and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them so words words are so interesting and they can be used for good things and they can be so problematic you know I've, I've told Patrick when somebody asks you a question they use a certain word the first thing you have to do is to go you have to go like what do you mean by that word define the word we, we could be talking about two different things right I do this little exercise sometimes with a married couple. You know, I'll talk to them and I'll say, describe breakfast to me. And they'll describe breakfast. Like, I'll get two people and we'll talk about breakfast. And they will describe two entirely different things, you know. Uh, one of them's describing bacon, eggs, and grits sitting at their 
you know, kitchen table at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, and the other one's describing uh, a Hardy's biscuit and sausage at, you know, 5.30 in the morning. Like, it's two different things, you know. They're not even talking about the same thing. you got to know what you're talking about. So sometimes you have to define the words, figure out what they are, but I want to tell you something. You can get so messed up over words. Words. And he says... It's, it's a waste of time. You're fighting over words, semantics. I'm going to tell you a real thing that happened with Village Church. I'm going to tell you what happened. Patrick was posting some stuff on social media, and he said, we're, we're trying to reach unreached people. That's what it said. And uh, another pastor got really mad about that. So I went and had lunch with him. And he was really angry about unreached people. He felt like it was a slight to him. If they're, you know, I'm like, what word do you want us to use? He was like, you know, I'm like, what is the mission? You know, we're having a, I know y'all are looking confused. What's the problem? We changed the word to unchurched. We're reaching unchurched people not unreached people. I came back to Patrick. I said, Patrick, can we change the word? And so he changed the word on this stuff. Like, now, I know that seems silly, right? But are these not the things that happen in real life? Is this not what happens? It's a word. I don't like that word. This word means this. Well, that's not what I'm trying to say. And, you, and you get, everything gets bent sideways, and you're trying to whatever, and I want you to know something. Satan, he's really smart, okay? He can't win, but he's really smart. And if I can get you fighting over words, I can get you off track for the mission. And I just want you to know something. If you're on mission, if you're on mission, here's what will happen to you. You'll just be sitting at the lunch counter. That's what happens to me. I'm just sitting at the lunch counter, and the guy sitting next to me goes like, Oh, you're a preacher? Let's talk about this word. Why is this this, right? That's what they do. They just start talking, and they start fighting about unimportant things. And you've got to figure out how to handle those situations. If you're on mission from God, if you're doing God's work, there are people in your life. They're there right now. Some of them are in your family. There's some you work with, and they want to get off track. And some of them are doing it on purpose. When somebody rejects God, they don't want to have anything to do with God, the easiest thing to do is just to, you know, I'll just get you with your trigger word. I'll get you with your trigger word. All right? All I got to do is figure out what it is. I'll get the subject. I'll say the right word. And I can get you all hot and bothered. Okay? Not really that hard. All right? You all have them. We all do. Right? So I want to share with you a very important passage of Scripture. It's pretty awesome. We all need it. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's in verses 23 through 26. Paul's trying to tell Timothy, you're going to have problems with people that's going to distract you from the mission God has for you. So let's read it together, and then we're going to walk back through. He says, don't get involved in foolish ignorant arguments that only start fights 
A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You ready? Let's walk through it. He says, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. The first thing we have to do, we have to analyze what's happening and we have to decide, is this a foolish argument? There are foolish arguments. I was talking to a community leader this week and they were dealing with a situation and they asked me my advice. And I said, That person's just going to be angry. They're just going to be mad. There's nothing you can do. You're just going to have to let them be mad. The more you try to solve their problems, you're never going to solve them. They're going to keep complaining. And the more you do, you're just going to make everybody else mad. Sometimes people are just that way. You're just gonna, it's not worth it. You're trying to engage in, a, in a, something that's not solvable. All through the Bible, it says don't get in those. Don't, just don't get in it. It's like there's a cesspool, you know, there's a pile of sewage, and it's just baiting you to jump in, right? I'll get your trigger words, I'll just say the right thing, I'll get the right argument, and I'll just pull you right in, and you'll jump in. And, and my biggest, you know, my biggest weapon against following Christ is getting some follower of Christ to act foolish. So all I got to do is just say the right thing and you'll jump right in. You know, what do I got to do? Talk about politics, talk about sexual identity, talk about whatever, right? I'll talk about education. I'll talk about something. Maybe even I'll talk about scriptural something. I'll get something and I can get on a topic and I will pull you right in and you'll jump in and he's saying to Timothy, don't do it. Look at it and go. You have to analyze. There are people you can, you can talk to. You can deal with. You can answer questions. You can ask questions. You can have a conversation. They're open. They want to know. They want to understand why you believe what you believe. They want to have a conversation. And those are awesome. And you ought to be open to that to those conversations even if they're talking about something that's really difficult for you to talk about and hard for you because it's a little cringy for you but they're open and they want to talk about it and they're trying to understand then you engage in the conversation and you teach that's what he says but if it is a foolish argument if it is worthless if it is not going anywhere they just want to argue there's no openness about it then don't get in foolish arguments. They just, he says, they just start fights. Some of you, you're doing that in your own house. In your own house. We get upset. Listen to me, you get upset. You're a little offended. 
you're a little hurt, whatever it is. So one of you, you say the trigger word, you say the thing, and it makes the other person mad, and all of a sudden, you're both swimming in the sewage. What we do? Don't do it. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't react to that. Don't do it. In fact, one of the things I, I want to say to you, especially when it comes to being on mission for God, is you've got to be careful about taking stuff personally. That's really hard, okay? Because what, what people try to do is make it personal. It's not personal. What I believe and who I am, you know, and, and, and what I believe about Jesus Christ, you can say horrible things about Jesus Christ and the church and all those things. It means so much to me. But you're not, you, it's not that you hate me. It's that you're struggling with God and with Jesus Christ and those things. But it's not personal. But we tend to take things personal, so we start fighting a personal battle. So he's saying to Timothy, don't do that. In fact, he says, a servant of the Lord, verse 24, must not quarrel, but must be kind. Be kind. And then it adds a phrase that we all hate. You see it? Look, go back to the scripture for them. They might need to see it. Be kind. One more back. Be kind to everyone. It's right in the middle. That would be a great scripture if it excluded certain people, okay? Because I can be kind to a lot of people. But it says be kind to everyone, which, uh, you know. In fact, it goes on. Look at the next phrases. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Patient. Literally long-suffering. Suffer a long time with that person. Be patient. It might take a while. It might take time. You might be the person. You're the Christian who works with them. You're the light in that dark place. You're the Christian on their street. You're the Christian that's sitting at the lunch counter. You're the follower of Jesus Christ that's getting your oil change. It's you. You're the one. God sent you. And there you are. And they're difficult. And they want to talk about, you know. They want to say trigger words. They want to challenge your faith. They want to challenge who God is and how you can believe what you believe and all those things or whatever it might be, whatever the topic is. And he says, Timothy, Timothy, be patient with difficult people. In fact, look at the next phrase. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently instruct he says you got to be able to teach you got to be able to sometimes the best explanation i can have is just to ask a question to make somebody think because they're not very open right but if they are open then i can teach i can just tell i can just say here's who god is here's what god says sometimes people are describing a god and i'm looking at them and go like i don't the God you're describing, I don't follow that God. I don't know who you're talking about. Here's who God is. Here's who Jesus Christ is, right? 
the church, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what church you're talking about, you know. I understand we can get off track with that, but here's who, here's who the people are who follow Jesus Christ. This is why they follow him. This is what they think. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Why? Why? I want to tell you something. I, I have a couple of people in my life that oppose the truth, and I love them, and I want them to follow the truth. And I want them to run into followers of Jesus Christ who will not engage in foolish arguments, but will be kind to them and who will be patient with them and who will gently instruct them with the truth. That's what I pray for. I was just talking to Patrick. And I said, like, the thing is, people come into your church and you hope if they're visiting, if you're visiting, they, I hope you run into the right people. <laughs> now, I hope most of the people are right people. I hope a whole lot, a high percentage of are the right people. The people who go like, come on in, welcome, glad you're here. So happy that you're here to worship with us, whatever. And, you know, maybe you're the person, I always say this sometimes, maybe you're the person, you've been here for 30 years and somebody welcomes you. You know, you don't turn around and go, why are you welcoming me? I'm here all the time. No, you turn around and say, thank you for welcoming me and keep doing that. Just so happens I've been here for 30 years. I just don't, you don't normally come to this service, you know. Don't take it personally. Attempt to teach them gently. And there's a goal in that. Notice what it says. Then maybe, maybe God will change those people's hearts. And they will learn the truth. They will be enlightened. They will learn the truth. And they will come to their senses. It's a beautiful phrase. It literally means sobering up as if you were drunk. So, I know none of you know what that's about. So let me explain to you. If you were drunk, there is no solution. There's no quick solution to that. And all of you who are giggling right now, I'm marking that down. I know who you are. Okay. If you're drunk, there's no quick solution. The solution is time, and over the course of time, the person will, the alcohol will, you know, the, your body will handle it and deal with it, and eventually you will sober up, and then you'll be sober again. Now you'll be in your right mind, you'll be clear-headed, and now you can function. But it takes time to get from this to this. Depending on your alcohol level, it can take more time, Okay. So he literally uses a phrase that means to sober up. And he says there are people who are in such a fog with their thoughts and their mindset. They're so far off from the tr truth and they can't see clearly. They don't understand. But maybe, uh, you need to understand, it may take some time for them to sober up and get up to this point where they can see clearly and think clearly and understand clearly, okay? But just be patient and teach them. Maybe they'll come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. So there's a third question. The third question is simply this, what works? What works? He says this isn't a theory. This, the, the Word of God is not theoretical. It's not, you don't go to church just to 
like learn information? What does it matter? It's like if I take you to a history class at school and all you do is learn this is what happened and these are the dates it happened. I'm just it's it's kind of useless if all you do is memorize a list of events and dates. Okay? Why did it happen? What did we learn from it? Like you you want to learn, right? So it's it should be applicable. And so that's true with Scripture. You don't come to church just to learn what happened and when it happened and who did it. You learn, you you come to learn something that you can actually apply to your life. So he says to Timothy in verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. It's like one approved means tested. You're tested and you pass the test. He says, be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly explains the word of truth. He says, you need to be able to apply, to be approved, you need to take God's word and apply it in real life. And and the problem with that is that I get in these situations where things are difficult. I'm a pretty good Christian all the time. Like, I'm a really good Christian. And then something happens, right? You know, like, there's a person. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) And they start saying stuff, right? And sometimes it's your, somebody in your own house, right? And all of a sudden, your ability to follow Christ and be great, it's challenged. Or it's at work or wherever, lunch counter, whatever. And now it's challenged. Now, can I take the truth of God and apply it in real life? Can I apply it to my heart? And, and can it affect me? Am I just quoting it for motivational purposes or am I applying it? Like, am I just using it or am I letting it change me? Am I misusing it to say what I want to say or am I really trying to find out what it says and allow it to affect my life? Like, am I applying what works? So here's the three questions. Let me sum up. It's what's the mission? Do you know what you're doing? And why you're doing it? Do you know where you are and why you're there? And then if you figure out the mission, can you assess what's really important and what's not? And don't get caught up in things that aren't. But take advantage of those things and involve yourself in those things that are on target and on mission. And then can you apply it? Apply what really works in your life. So that's my challenge to you. I think if you if you really pray about and think about who you are and what's going on in your life, we, we'll often find that there's some areas of our life that we're not on mission, we're not on target. And sometimes we struggle with being patient, especially with difficult situations and difficult people. But that's the challenge. You see, God may be sending you to my person. And see, I'm praying you'll be a light for Jesus to my person. Please. And and I want to be that for your person. Will you? Please. Be patient. Be kind. But speak the truth. With love. And feel what it means to follow Jesus. 
But let me pray for you and let's stand together and sing. Let's go ahead and stand while I pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be on mission for you. We're honored and glorified by that. Lord, sometimes we fail so miserably. We don't want to do that. We want to fight the good fight and we want to fight it well and we want to shine your light and help us to do that, Lord. Just as we are, just as we are, as broken and messed up as we are, by your grace, by your mercy, we can follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.